Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we're tackling Season 3, Episode 13, Thin Ice. The original air date for this episode is February 1st, 1988. It was directed by Cliff Bowl. And it was written by Rick Drew. This is his first of six MacGyvers. And uh, he also directed a lot of episodes of the Goosebumps TV series. Ooh. Um, why don't we discuss this episode in brief? In this episode of MacGyver, MacGyver has returned to, I guess, is it? I don't know if it's his hometown, a small town. It's in Minnesota, though. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, to take over coaching duties for, us, for the local uh, team. Who's having, like, their, their coach is having heart problems or yeah. something like yeah, that. So he's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much the... That, and that's that, it. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 14, The Odd Triple. Um, no. Uh, there's really... There's not much to this episode. Uh, it doesn't deal with, uh, like, an actual crime being committed. Mm-hmm. This is one of the first ones that's really just like, hey, adjust your attitude about things. Yeah. Be a better person. Sportsmanship. And it's not actually about, like, thwarting a criminal or anything. Um, you know, I was saying to you uh, while we were watching it, it almost feels like it was supposed to be a movie, but yeah, like, but they couldn't quite get it there, and they, someone had the idea of making it a MacGyver episode. Yeah, although it does in places mirror MacGyver's exact, like Richard Dean Anderson's actual hockey experience. Right. Um, but yeah, so basically we start in, in the town with banners up everywhere and all the stores are closed because everybody's at the game. They're just trying to just really hit it home that mm-hmm. this is this is a really popular sport in this area and literally everyone cares about the uh the team and so they're all there to see the raiders play and specifically the 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 championships yeah and and even more specifically their a specific player uh Derek Kirby who is everybody's favorite mm-hmm. but also the most troubled yeah he has he's uh he has kind of a mean streak but um, it's brought him the attention of the Mustangs, which is a fictional NHL team. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fictional team. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it's a real, real, it's a real team. team. But you could tell me that they were, and I would believe you. <laughs> because I, I don't know hockey. So, you know, MacGyver, the, the game, uh, the, we open up with the, the game already in progress. The the first of uh, of potentially three. It, right. it's, best, yeah. it's best two out of three for uh, for the championship. Right. So this is game one. And, uh, you know, we see uh, Kirby, number 17, skating out, and uh, his father, Walt Kirby, uh, is watching from the stands and just kind of cheering him on. Right. And Walt Kirby, uh, in this episode, is played by Clue Gallagher, who I actually happen to know because he goes to the New Beverly Theater uh, pretty often. Uh, He used to be there before Tarantino bought the theater. It was, Mm -hmm. like, usually really empty. It was, like, like me, Clue, and, like, four other people (laughs) that would go to, like, every movie. That was playing there, and I went to um, a screening of uh, the Last Picture Show, and uh, he was like, "Oh, you know, I have some deleted scenes from this movie." And I was like, "Oh, that's neat." Like, I just thought he was just talking about like, yeah, he owned something that contained deleted scenes from the movie. And he's like, "Yeah, uh, I had some scenes with Sybil Shepherd, and I was I was gonna bring them in uh, and see if they would play them." And I was like, "Wait, you you were." You were in the scenes with Civil Shepherd. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in this movie. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize what you were saying before. But uh, he has been in a lot of horror movies and stuff too. He was in uh, Return of the Living Dead. He was mm. in Nightmare on Elm Street too. And uh, he 
has organized a couple festivals there with like horror festivals and stuff like that. Yeah. But they, um, when the theater was going bankrupt, they did this like big fundraising thing where people could buy raffle tickets and they were raffling off all these different prizes. And I just bought a crap load of them because the, the biggest prize of the night was that you would get to pick a, a midnight movie mm-hmm. um, for the theater. And I actually won that raffle, but he was the one pulling all the tickets. So right, right. he was the one who pulled my, my name and said, that I get to pick a midnight movie. That was five or six years ago, and I have yet to pick a midnight movie. Um, I had sent them a couple um, requests, but it sounded like the ones that I was asking for were too hard to find actual prints of because they were like old Golden Harvest movies yeah, and yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But um, but I, I still I think I could technically still but they still call do, that they in. Do, they do digital projections there now too, right? They try not to. They try mm. to, to only do like on film projections I'm, I'm sure they're capable of doing it but some of the stuff that I was like like I wanted them to play um, Duel to the Death mm-hmm. and they said that that one's just really hard to find in print and that they could play it on DVD if we wanted but like we don't it's not necessary yeah. and it doesn't have a Blu-ray right because they, the print is so hard to find that it's hard enough to make the DVD but um, but yeah so I've talked to him a bunch of times at that theater and he's a really nice guy um but not in this episode. He's kind of he's kind of grumpy. Okay. In this. He's, yeah, he's he's um he's got he's got pluses and minuses. But um yeah, so he's just sitting in the stands watching mm-hmm. the game, and um the announcer is an actual hockey announcer. Yeah, um, I forget the guy's name now, Armitage or something like that. Right, and but uh, but his only other credit was like actual actual like, hockey, hockey games and, games, and yeah. like best of hockey clips and stuff like that. Um, but during the game, uh, the announcer. Uh, breaks breaks the the commentary because uh, Brett Thompson, who's an NHL agent uh, scout, right? I guess would be the term, is there and he's at the game and so like he says, oh, do you have like anything to say or who who are you looking at? And um, you know he's obviously interested in Derek Kirby, who's you know the crowd favorite, uh, despite the fact that he's so violent on the rink because that's exactly the kind of person he's looking for. Yeah, because the Mustangs are like a notoriously violent team. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the Raiders. And or I guess more like the lions, like that they're looking for like an Indomitian Sioux to just come and destroy people and take right. fines all the time. And uh, no sooner does that happen, does uh, Derek trip another player and a fight breaks out on the rink, and uh, uh, that uh, he's basically because of the fight, Kirby is ejected from the game. Yeah. And as he's on his way out uh, into the locker room, you can hear the announcer call that the uh, the game-winning goal has been scored for the opposite team. The yeah. Waverly Hawks, and so uh, Kirby is upset. He smashes his his stick he against, breaks the it against the yeah, wall. Yeah, he breaks think, it. Yeah. Um, um, the actor that's playing Brett Thompson, by the way, is an actor named Ken Camero, who will come back for two more MacGyvers. He's in Four Thirteen Runners and Five Thirteen, which is called Live and Learn. But he also is credited with several X Files episodes, where he's he's credited as senior agent. I'm assuming FBI, huh. um, but that makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Same city. So uh, after the game, we're we're. It's kind of weird that because we're at a restaurant inside the 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 hockey. Yeah, it's rink. like overlooking the ice. Yeah. But then he's also playing hockey on a little hockey table. Yeah. Game. But but both teams are there. Yeah. It it seems so weird that they would go to celebrate victory and defeat together. At the same restaurant, yeah. Like I get like there's like there's camaraderie, but they just keep instigating each other. Like because Henderson, the guy that uh, Kirby tripped. Yeah. Um. And his like primary antagonist on the on the rink. Yeah. Comes up and like starts like giving him some some guff about the game. It's like, 
you probably shouldn't have like these hot tempered people together after a loss. Yeah, yeah. Um, because this this is this this doesn't seem like it should happen. Um, but you know, it's a uh, uh, Brett Thompson and Derek's father kind of talking about. Uh, about the potential for Derek to be on a professional NHL team, the Mustangs. Right. And, but MacGyver kind of interrupts their conversation because he doesn't really condone the kind of hockey that Derek wants to play. Like, yeah. He, he really, he's playing hockey, I guess, the way that most people believe hockey is played in general. Just total, straight up, hitting people, tripping them, smacking them around. Yeah. Every which way you can. And uh, MacGyver is just saying that, no, you should, you should be with the team. You should, be more focused on the team rather than yourself which is why i think this episode is basically the opposite of Slapshot. yeah exactly it's just in that one it's like all right this team is failing we need to just start beating people up and bring publicity in. we don't mm-hmm. need to worry about people's feelings or whether we're injuring anyone yeah um from here we go to the hospital where macgyver is visiting the actual coach Chirk donner right who uh we just assume had a heart basically must have had a heart attack yeah I mean, they, they say his heart issues yeah, and so. he's under observation, so it seems like they're they're worried about something else occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actor here is Martin Milner, who uh, played Todd Stiles on Route 66, and Pete Malloy on Adam 12. And he will actually appear later in the series as MacGyver's father in uh, the Passages episode. Seems like... I don't know, Like it seems like that like, seems like a bad fit for his father. Yeah. Because he seems as old as Harry... Yeah. Like I mean, so it seems like his father died younger, so he shouldn't he shouldn't be old. <laughs> well, I also think Harry is is young to be Richard Dean Anderson's grandfather. That's true. That's probably a he, weird fit. He just looks the part. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver's just kind of like you know, discussing the loss and basically Turk Donner is telling him that uh, the key to winning the games is is Derek Kirby. If you can turn him around and get him to be a team player, then there's no way they can lose. Yeah. So MacGyver heads over to the the dad's auto body shop. Uh, we find out that one of the reasons this game is so important to Turk Donner is that because the town has been on hard times. Yeah. And, like, this win would really, like, bring It'd the spirits. It'd be a boost to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons, like, everyone's closing up and going to see the games because it's, like, something that the town really needs. Yeah. So MacGyver's feeling a little bit of extra pressure. And uh, when he goes to talk to Walt, Derek's dad, uh, he, you know, he doesn't want Derek to just be playing to show off for the NHL. He wants him to be able to play for the team. Right. Uh, and uh, MacGyver even like throws the fact that uh, Derek was ejected from the Olympics. Right. This was this because was, of this kind of behavior. Exactly. Like he 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 was he like they said it was for the Olympics in Finland, but we couldn't find. When the Olympics had been in Finland, right? Well, it was, it was in like, 1952, yeah, which seems sense. like Derek was not around then. Yeah, the show doesn't take place anywhere around then. Yeah. So it, it, it seemed odd, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the the father's basically of the mindset that uh, that it's the Olympics' fault. Because yeah. the, this is what you get when you play hockey. Yeah. Uh, that it, it you're gonna, it's going to be rough. And, you know, it's always been rough, and that's how it's just going to be played. So uh, we're back now at the ice rink where MacGyver's kind of running drills with the team. You know, it's like back and forth, running, skating, sh- yeah. shooting pucks. 
and uh, you pointed out he's standing in front of the goalie. Yeah. While they while they're taking shots. Yeah, they're, and and it's really Richard Dean Anderson out there while these people are shooting hockey pucks at him. Yeah, but they're also either a terrible shot or they were told specifically to be as far off of the goal as possible. Yeah. Still, like that's some risk. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Risk to your lead. Um, and uh, one of the players, Chester, uh, calls out. Derek for losing them the game because he was too busy showboating. Right. Um, and uh, so they get into a fight. It's just, it's just fight after hockey fight in this. Yeah. And uh, but uh, the big setup is that they're going to run a play called the fish hook. They're right. going to practice it. And this is going to be like a their flying V. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is like their their big thing. This is uh, their, uh, their the, the crane kick from friggin Karate Kid, you know. Or the bicycle kick from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't really planned. It just kind of happened at one point. But uh, somehow, I mean, it's a big enough move that Turk even knew about it. Yeah, the yeah, plan yeah. Was. It, it was probably developed by Turk. Yeah. And MacGyver's just, like, teaching the kids yeah. how to do Implementing it. Implementing it. Uh, so, I guess, it, th- this episode just keeps moving right along, because, like, from here, after the drills, we go back to them relaxing in the restaurant again. Right. And now MacGyver's playing the, the stick hockey, like the like the foosball style hockey under a dome uh with kirby and it's the it's the same style of hockey table thing that he used to have in his apartment which right. is apparently gone now yeah we, I have we haven't seen, seen it, it on the house yeah i've not seen it there they probably left it in la they didn't want to fly it up <laughs> but but they clearly had one in this uh hockey but the, i think this is a different one though yeah yeah no it's a different one but uh it's funny that they found a hockey rink or got one for this special occasion yeah yeah uh MacGyver and uh, Derek have a heart to heart about like the right kind of hockey to play, yeah, and uh, like that he should go for the NHL, but it should be for a team that sees him as a potential talented player, not just uh, a bruiser to hit people. Yeah, but they're also not sending scouts to his games. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. only people that are are the Mustangs. Yeah, I mean this is and, and but they're probably there because they heard about him getting kicked off of the Olympic team. Yeah, exactly. Like they heard and they heard why. Yeah. Uh, so the, from then here we go again right away to game two of the of the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, gearing up for the fish hook. Yeah, right exactly. Right. Like they they they're they're ahead by one, and uh, they start doing the fish hook, but he does he doesn't fall through with the play, and as a result, uh, the puck gets taken away by the Hawks, and yeah. they and they score manage to score a goal which ties the game. Yeah, um, and we basically just kind of like play out this back and forth with a team for a little while until they get a hit by one, the Raiders. Yeah. And, and Derek openly trips one of the players because like the coach and the father, like they're like yelling at him to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result of tripping the player, Henderson again, uh, they get into another fight on the rink, but, and this time Derek is just laying into him like full on punches to the face. Yeah. And one of the final like pushes, punches uh the guy gets knocked backward yeah and cracks the back of his head against the ice yeah like he he hits the goal first and then like hits the ice yeah <laughs> and the ref comes up with like protocol paramedics protocol <laughs> <laughs> paramedics it sounded like he was put in slow motion yeah <laughs> our kids were home early um better call the paramedics <laughs> i'm peter McAllister. The father. <laughs> and uh, 
we cut the commercial there with him, the kid bleeding, and we come back at the hospital where a nurse is telling them that the that they're he's on he's under observation, but that mm. he he might end up disabled. Right. But she doesn't go any further specifically about right. what kind of a disability she's talking. She and, just says he might be disabled. And she almost looks like disgusted with Derek. Yeah. As she walks away, like you you, you did this to him. Yeah. Or maybe she's wondering why the only person at the hospital is the kid that did it and not, like, his family. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I guess this might be an away game. Maybe. But then why wouldn't the family come to the away game? Yeah. They're not that kind of family. Jerks. <laughs> I don't want to go to my kid's game. Come on. <laughs> what are the chances he dies at the game? <laughs> it's like one one in five. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to the fifth game. <laughs> It'll be a good send-off. <laughs> Uh, back at Walt's garage, Derek is just taking out his frustrations on one of the cars that he's supposed to be helping yeah. to fix, which is like, oh no. Yeah, it, not sending my stuff to Walt. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Walt tries to calm him down saying, hey, like, this isn't your fault that, uh, uh, you know, you didn't ask him to fight that, that, you know, like this fights happen in hockey. Yeah, you didn't tell him to take off his helmet. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they're kind of like having this discussion, Brett Thompson, the NHL scout, arrives to let them know that the Mustangs have recruited him. He's right. in. Yeah. He's in. They got his jersey already for him. Six figures, which I imagine. And he a... starts tomorrow night. Yeah, he got to fly to Philadelphia tomorrow. Yeah. Um, with the Flyers, is that who Philadelphia's team? Is? Yeah. But to do or. I thought it was to the Mustangs. No, he's on the Mustangs, but they said they're oh, flying to, to Philly. Against. But I, so unless unless the Mustangs are the fictional Philly, I assumed it would be against the Flyers. Yeah. Yeah, because Philly is the Flyers, and then Pittsburgh is the Penguins. I think because mm-hmm. they have to be. There's a, a phonetic. Yeah. It has to sound like the same name of the city. So it's the the Philly Minnesota Flyers. Mustangs. Right, the Minnesota Mustangs. <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> you didn't say the Montauk? Team. Is that where you were going? <laughs> the Montauk mistakes? I don't know. Um, uh, but uh, He kind of catches wind of the fact that the only reason that he was invited to the team officially is because of he hospitalized someone. Right. Otherwise, they would not have had any interest. Which I don't think is the policy of any team ever. Right. Like, that's just a liability if you're... If you're hiring people based on their ability to hospitalize other people, he already like made a bunch of really dumb mistakes during the game. There's mm-hmm. no reason they would have picked him after that performance. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine like at some level you look for like a level of aggression and like strength and fortitude, but really you're looking to who can win games, yeah. not just who can knock out players. But honestly, if I'm this kid, I take the contract and I and I spend my six figures on the kid's hospital bill right. that I put in the hospital. But and what he does is he says, "Well, screw you guys for." for picking me for that reason, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the guy doesn't even try and convince him. He turns around immediately, yanks the jersey out of his dad's hands, and just says, all right, well, the name can come off the jersey as easily as it went on. It's like <laughs> super cheaply made jersey. <laughs> yeah. These are all these are all iron-on. Yeah. They just come right off. These letters peel right off, you know. I Velcroed your name on. That's how we got this done so fast. <laughs> we also... Somehow we're able to keep your number 17. That was very, it was good luck. Yeah, there wasn't a 17 somehow. Probably because the team doesn't exist. 
at your... You're our first player. You are taking on the Flyers by yourself tomorrow. So we needed someone who yeah, was a murderer. So yeah, you're going to have to take out each one of those players first. <laughs> yeah. Because hockey is one you of those games... make game, it even. Because hockey is one of those games where uh, if you eliminate a player from like, penalties... They're just out. Yeah, yeah, they're out. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's the trick. That's the yeah. trick to winning. Um, you ever play like... The, they always think of like like NHL for like Super Nintendo or Genesis or something like that, you know, just uh, yeah. playing those old stupid hockey games. The, I always thought that watching someone play a hockey game on Nintendo sixty four was way more entertaining than watching professionals play hockey. Yeah, <laughs> because you have more invent, you're more invested. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. But it's also funny when when the when Derek's arguing with his father about it, like. Even though they were really vague at the hospital as to what may have happened to Henderson, he might even be fine. We don't know. Right, right. But they, she just said he might have a disability, and he the, in Derek's head this means that his brain is mush. Yeah, That's what he says to his father. Like, mush. I literally retarded a guy. <laughs> but um, but and, yeah. So then we. Yeah, he he wants to quit. Derek wants to quit. He's done. So and, we move to practice on the on the rink well, again. Oh, we haven't got the. the oh. Trouble. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, After uh, the guy leaves, they have a fight about it. Yeah, and uh, Derek says he's quitting, and that he never wanted this kind of thing. And the dad's all, "Oh, you didn't want all these trophies. You didn't want this and this one." And like as he's pointing out the trophies, like the dad's like backing away from the trophies. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, oh, you're getting that look in your eye." <laughs> uh, it's the same thing that happened to the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> you what? Want... You didn't want this sandwich? You didn't want this sandwich? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, so Derek grabs the trophy case and just tips it over, and everything spills out and cracks. And yeah, all the glass breaks, and there's just metals hanging from it. And he's like, "What metal do I get if, if if he doesn't wake up from his coma?" Yeah. And then I I think we decided that would be a manslaughter. Right, right. Would be the award. <laughs> he uh, would be awarded one year. Although, I'm, and I'm pretty sure that's not the case. I think if even if someone were killed in a hockey game, it would just be like. It was an accident, like yeah. Unless you like blatantly like took off your skate and slashed a guy's throat, I right. think I think it doesn't get you can't be held criminally liable for something that happens on the ice, even if it's just a straight up fight. I don't think. If if anybody knows out there, please yeah. let us know. But I'm curious if there's a precedent. Yeah. So uh. Because uh, otherwise, it seems like assault charges could be thrown all over the place for almost any right? given hockey game. Yeah, because um even in like. Uh, NFL, they have bounty. They put bounties. Like it's it's a it's a it's well, an illegal they, practice. They got in trouble for it, right? Yeah. But did anyone go to jail? No, but the Saints got penalized by the draft board, and they like ended up losing losing places on like when they could draft players. Right, but that's that's but not there, yeah. There's no financial not criminal or, charges yeah, of yeah, assault yeah. or yeah, attempted it's, it's up murder. To the, it's up to the commissioner to decide how the team gets punished instead of putting it up to a judge. You crippled a man, so we're gonna. You're gonna be picked last for yeah, draft day. Yeah, you get day. to. You get. You get to pick uh, one fewer player than you wanted. <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah. Billion billion dollar industry. But how does it work in boxing? Like I know that's like people have been killed in the ring, and you don't get charged yeah. for that either. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Um, back at the uh, at the rink. MacGyver is once again running uh, the player through the drills. Yeah. And uh, someone shows up late to practice, mm -hmm. and MacGyver calls him out, and the guy says, Yeah, I know I'm late. I'm sorry, but Derek's in the locker room right now. He's clearing his stuff yeah. out. Yeah, I'm, I'm late, but Derek's, Derek's leaving. Yeah, so go check on that and forget <laughs> that I came late. <laughs> uh, 
so MacGyver uh, has like this really emotional story time with uh, Derek about MacGyver's fictional attempt to get on the hockey team, which kind of mirrors his Richard, act, yeah. Richard Dean Anderson's actual experience, which is that he he played hard and fast, and and he incurred a lot of injuries, and that he decided that it wasn't worth it, mm-hmm. but that he often thinks about the mistakes that he made and, and wonders how far he could have gotten in professional or Olympic hockey, which I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Richard Dean Anderson actually thinks that way. Yeah. Like, well, maybe if I hadn't quit, I mean, he wasn't, obviously he's not like permanently handicapped. By right. The right. That happened. He just at one point made a conscious decision. Like I can't do this anymore. Cause I'm going to, this hurts. And yeah. It's not worth it. It's going to get, it's going to get just, worse. Yeah. He maybe could have just played safer and, and stuck around. Uh, so after that little speech, uh, MacGyver comes back out to continue the drills, and, and Kirby comes with them. Yeah. And then now Kirby has to address the team to let the make sure that the team can take him back. Yeah. And uh, you know he says a lot about like he's been messed up a lot, and that he's sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real sorry. <laughs> Did, does he tell them specifically that he was offered a position on the? On the Raiders, and didn't no, take it. he never mentions that. Raiders, but he does say that his dad is out of the picture. Yeah, <laughs> he says, "Well, what about your father? What's he gonna think?" And then Kirby sort of offhandedly admits to having murdered his father yeah, exactly. after the scene ended. He's uh, he's out of the picture for good. But the team takes him back, so it's all yeah. it all works out. Yeah. Um, and so. Fearing for his father's, Derek's father's life, MacGyver goes over to the body shop to make sure he's still right, alive. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and here, here comes the only MacGyverism of the episode. Yeah. Because they were like, uh, <laughs> let's add another scene where he MacGyver something. Because so I we think, yeah, I feel like you have to have one. Yeah, especially in an episode like this. Like, right. it's excusable in an episode where, you know, they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff and they, like, I don't think there's a MacGyverism in the odd triple either, the next episode. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah, he the, puts stuff together, but yeah, yeah it's not like, this, this is more of a MacGyverism than that was. Yeah. Uh, Walt is banging out, banging on a compressor, which I guess is for the paint, spraying paint. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and like, it's not working. He's like taking the pieces apart and he finds out that there's a broken spring, but because of where the town is located, it takes stuff too long to get there. Yeah. He says it's going to take a week to order a new spring. Yeah. Which it's like. No, it won't, but... No. Okay. But for, for the sake of this argument, we'll say it yeah. will. Um, so MacGyver, while giving him a speech about, you know, things that need fixing, like, you can always find another find a way to fix it. Sometimes it's easier to just throw things in the trash without even bothering to try and fix them, but... That's what I did with Derek! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was no way to fix him, so I got rid of him. Um, I fixed him good. So uh, MacGyver takes a flashlight off a shelf... And he opens up the, the battery compartment and mm-hmm. takes the spring out that holds the batteries together to complete the contact. And he uses some wire cutters to cut the spring out of the flashlight. And mm-hmm. it just happens to be the same diameter as what the compressor needed. So right. everything works fine. Yeah. And, and even then, the dad like walks away from him. Mm-hmm. And so he has to turn the compressor on himself to be like, see, it works. I yeah. didn't believe that I fixed it. And then he has to continue his speech yelling over the compressor. Yeah. <laughs> Instead uh, of just turning it off. Yeah. Uh so uh, as they head back over to the game, or MacGyver heads back over to the game, um, uh, before he heads out onto the rink, he's uh, 
Turk Donner, Turk, yeah. yeah, Turk Donner arrives with another gentleman from the Olympic Committee. Right, Tony Ellis um, from the Olympic Committee, who I don't know if this is the guy that originally like disqualified him from consideration. Well, he, he said that we both had our, our moments with Derek Kirby. Yeah. So he must have been in some way associated with Team USA yeah. for the Olympics previously. Um, but the actor here is Gary Chalk, who um, they've actually interviewed a couple times on the MacGyver podcast. Oh, okay. Um, and he he's a he appears in a bunch of episodes. I think he comes back in three more episodes of MacGyver. But um, other credits, uh, he played a coach in It, Stephen King's It. Okay. Um, he was the voice of He-Man on the New Adventures of He-Man. A lot of voice acting. Um, he was King Hippo on Captain N. Nice. He was Doctor Robotnik on the Sonic the hedgehog series and he also played grounder on a different sonic the hedgehog series <laughs> um he is in a bunch of reboots oh. as uh, slash and turbo and other characters oh he's slash yeah okay hack yeah. and slash are the two henchmen for megabyte yeah I yeah freaking love reboot <laughs> yeah and uh I, I knew you did that's why i included it on this list um and uh he also i guess took over for uh peter cullen as the Optimus Prime voice for the more recent Transformers TV series voices. Huh. I know okay. Peter still does the movie voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he did the voice on the original TV series, but um, it's been it's been Gary Chalk for the Transformers. Uh, there's three series: uh, Cybertron, Energon, and Armada. <laughs> and he does a, a character named Optimus Primal for the Beast Machine version yeah, yeah, of the Transformers. Machine, yeah. um, he also played Colonel Chekhov in Stargate SG One. Um, I'm not as familiar with Stargate, but with a name like Chekhov, I'm assuming somewhere in the third season his gun goes off. Yeah. Um, and he played Lieutenant Michael Oakes on The Killing, which is the remake of the foreign show about the girl that goes missing and they're trying to figure out who the killer was. Have, do you see that? I've not seen that. I only saw the original series, but it was pretty good. And then apparently Gary Chalk shows up in the most recent installment of the Leprechaun series, Ooh. Leprechaun <laughs> Origins, which I think is the first one to not include Warwick Davis. Ah. So... Probably not worth checking out. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it doesn't have Warwick Davis, then then uh, yeah, and also uh, somehow the only Leprechaun movie I have not seen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I guess that's where I checked out too. But um, yeah, so he has a lot of voice acting credits and mm-hmm. in, in a lot of uh, pretty cool shows. So basically, uh, his character he, he the, is there uh, to reevaluate Kirby for yeah, the Olympics. Like, Turk was able to talk him into giving this kid an extra shot. Right. Uh, which I don't think they would do. But... I don't think so either. <laughs> Especially if they had to fly the guy in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so now we come back to the show after a commercial break, and it's already third period, and it's already four to three uh, against the the Raiders. The, they're, they're losing by one point. Yeah. And so at the last second of the third period, they manage uh, to score a goal to put it in overtime. Yeah. And I think it's sudden death overtime. So now that they're in overtime, the team decides to uh, run the fishhook play now for real. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but once again, the, the puck falls to Derek, who's now holding it again. Right. And it seems like he's holding it again. Uh, like he's going to start showboating again. Yeah. Um, Nobody told Derek, by the way, that the Olympic guy came back yeah. to check him out. And no one told him that, oh, we didn't, we didn't even mention it, though, that the Henderson... The kid in the coma came out of it, and he's going to be okay. Yeah, he's fine. He doesn't have any disabilities. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know if MacGyver ever told Kirby. I mean, it is third period now. But so. I, I don't know what Turk's logic was in saying, you know what, you should really come and give him another shot. I don't know if you realize, but last night he hospitalized someone. 
Yeah. So please come and check him out because he's totally changed. Unless he lives in the town. Yeah. Uh, he he wouldn't have been able to get there so fast. Yeah, and he also just would not have come. He's like, you want me to give the kid another shot? He just put somebody in the hospital yesterday. I I don't need to go check that guy out. I think yeah. we're good. I, th- yeah. I think we made the right decision. Right. Uh, so uh, Derek's holding on to the puck, you know, going back and forth, and it turns out that this was to draw someone in so he could fake pass it and then ha- hand it over to another pl- one of his players right. who manages to get in the scorer, uh, yeah. the winning goal. Yeah. Uh, both both of the, the winning goals, by the way, the overtime goal and this goal, were done by another player, yeah. Chester Johnson. Yeah. And I had this feeling that it was going to take this crazy twist. Like the, I really think that's how they should have ended it. Yeah. And, and do we know for sure that that's not how it goes? I mean, yeah, because... Uh, um, they they say they turn to the guy from the Olympic Committee and they say, "Yeah, what'd you think of that?" And he says, "I think I have a call to make to Team USA." Yeah. And then he gets up and leaves, but he doesn't say what he's going to tell them. Yeah, and he like his Chester Johnson is the one who scored, who came through and scored all those goals. Yeah, they they won the state championship because of that guy, not yeah. because of Derek. Uh, and uh, Derek looks up to the stands, and uh, his father hasn't been there the whole game, or has he? But then he realizes, yeah, yeah, because he just hiding. kind of appears. He's been um, sitting behind tall people so that he didn't have to watch his son play decent hockey. Yeah, um, he walks out onto the ice and he tries to give Derek like a like a like a punch in the arm, like yeah, you did it. But Derek wants more than that. He wants a hug, and the father yeah. seems resistant. Yeah. Um, but then they do end up hugging each other. Yeah. For the end of the episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like uh, Chester Johnson is the the real hero of this of this yeah. game anyway. and and congratulations to him for joining team usa yeah um this is a really boring episode i mean like i was it, yeah it, it, it's not a macgyver episode it's it this is like anything else yeah um it it just didn't have any kind of a feel i didn't feel invested i didn't feel that there was yeah it really could have been any show yeah like it, this this was not very specifically macgyver like if this were you know, Ted Danson left the bar cheers because his friend uh, was a hockey coach yeah. and needed him to film. It's not like this is the hockey coach as a character that we know exactly. or have met before or anyone else as a character that we know. It's like 100% brand new, nothing to do with the regular series. I mean, we know MacGyver likes hockey. That's okay. Yeah. We've had, like, the opening of an episode be a hockey game. Yeah. And But for the most part, he's supposed to be, like, a spy working for a think tank, not, like, yeah. just coaching a... a not yeah. even major league hockey team. Yeah, and so it's like MacGyver, what what cases did you have to turn down to go and coach this team? Like, yeah, like what? How many coup d'etats happened this last yeah. week that you were coaching hockey? Pete has been kidnapped and he's being held hostage. Yeah. Bruce McGill is being eaten by cannibals somewhere. But that's still not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He got himself into that situation. <laughs> and apparently, he got himself out of it because he yeah. shows up next week. Next week for the odd triple. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this. It's not my favorite episode of MacGyver so far. Yeah, I'm not actually not sure it's my least favorite. Yeah, but... yeah, exactly. It's it's certainly not. I don't think it's. I don't feel it's the worst, and it certainly I don't think it will be the worst yet to come. Yeah. Um. We we will probably look back very fondly on this episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss thin ice later. Um, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a simple story. Yeah. Nothing to do with MacGyver. Yeah. If MacGyver wasn't in this episode, it still would have happened the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like the the 
MacGyver made that much of a difference in the kid's life as much as, like, what was happening around him. Yeah. He still would have put the kid in the hospital. He still would have been conflicted about it. Yeah. And uh, I feel like he would have reacted the same. Yeah. If Turk was the coach. Yeah. And and the point is even hammered home when uh, Turk in the hospital is listening to the game on his radio and the nurse comes in and uh, he says... Well, if I were MacGyver, this is what I'd be saying right now, and like the cuts of MacGyver saying the exact same thing. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, well, yeah. Then yep. there's then the only the only reason MacGyver's in this episode is because you had a heart attack, but otherwise things would have ended up the exact same. Yeah. Way. But yeah, I think that's it for Thin Ice, and we have a bit of an update um, from last week's episode, yeah. early retirement. A little <laughs> um, bit. We got a uh, a note from uh, listener Costadinos. Uh, who is, has uh, made submissions to the show before. I think we've brought him up on the show. Um, and this is a crazy one. <laughs> um, yeah. We we had made the point last week that it seemed uh, like the episode ended very abruptly with Nikki making a joke about bringing the shrunken head to, mm-hmm. to a prison for Weber so yeah. that he'd, he'd see a familiar face. Um, and uh, Costa pointed out that on the MacGyver DVD, it has a completely different ending. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't include this line from Nikki at all. Doesn't um, include Nikki at all. Yeah, the, Nikki's not even in the scene, and I guess we just don't get closure on the Weber story. Right. We move right from Pete talking about having a loose tooth to they're in Pete's office, and MacGyver says, oh, I guess this proves that you're not uh, too old for the job or something right, like that. Right, right. And, uh, well, why don't we just play the audio for you here? This is crazy, okay. completely different. Oh, Pete, now that you got your old crew back, what are you going to do? Well, I've got Jarvis getting the disarmament program back on track, and you're going to be on that. And I'm going to take a little time off. Time off? You just got back. This whole experience has taught me I'm a little bit out of shape. No, Pete, you're not out of shape. Yes, I am, and I'm going back to school. School? That's right. Karate school. This is the last time that anybody decks me with their foot. So I'm not sure why they would have changed yeah, it at all. I mean, well, I, I guess I can see why a little bit. Like you said, there's no closure well, as far as... I, I wonder, though, which one was the one that aired. Like, Oh, that's true. Because I don't know which one was the replacement. If if they decided this is like a racist interpretation of what karate is, but right, that, that, right. that isn't really their MO because they've done even worse than this before. Yeah, of course. But then they also, yeah, like like we said, they don't. you don't get closure to the Weber story, so maybe that's why... They decided, oh, you know what? We should have Nikki come in and talk about Weber because otherwise there's no reason. And her reaction to finding out that Weber is a bad guy. Right. And and so – but I'm wondering if they they were both – it was both. It doesn't seem well, like they well, did both fit unless after she says, I think you'd want to see a familiar face and then we get this scene. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's what, what I happened. was thinking. But I don't know why they would cut out either half of it. Yeah. It's very strange. Because – as far as I know, this is the first episode right. with an alternate ending. Yeah, I've never. I mean, as far as we know, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of curious now. Yeah, I mean, if anybody else knows of any endings that didn't match up with what we described, because we're going off of the Netflix endings, right, right, which apparently do not always line up with the DVD endings. Um, so that's that's just crazy. So thank you again, uh, Costa, for sending. Yeah, that thank in. you. That's this is great information. And um, and we also have another note. Um, this goes a little bit further back, season two, uh, episode nine, Silent World. Uh, someone had pointed out you had made a comment that you you had a dream uh, during the episode 
about Marley Matlin. Yeah. Having been involved in the episode, which right. is funny because it it involves a lot of deaf people, but Marley Matlin is not in the episode. Right. And uh, uh, we had a uh, listener, Andrea, post on uh, the Phoenix Foundation podcast website that uh, your dream is kind of meta funny because, um, according to her recollection at least, uh, Richard Dean Anderson and Marley Matlin were dating in 1988. Oh, wow. Which is, which is the season we're currently covering. Um, and Marley is apparently very good friends with Henry Winkler. But okay. It's funny that at the time, like, that could have been part of an inspiration for, for even covering that kind of yeah, a topic exactly. on the show. Yeah, exactly. But um, I thought that was worth bringing up. Oh, that's okay, great. So. That's crazy. <laughs> so thanks again for, for notes from, from listeners. We really appreciate yeah, that kind of thanks. stuff. So um, anything you guys have, it doesn't matter how far back it goes. If you notice something in the pilot that you think needs to be brought up on the show, let us know, and we'd be happy to include it in, mm-hmm. in an uh, update segment. Yeah. So um, thanks again for that. Um, if you have any thoughts on this episode you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at facebook.com slash Podcast or our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 3, Episode 14. That's the pi number 314. Uh, the Odd Triple. So uh, tune in for that. We're going to see Bruce McGill again. Mm-hmm. We're going to see Vernon Wells again. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, mark your calendars. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.